Hey Church, thank you for taking a moment to listen to God's Word today. Right now we are in a series of Mission Possible where we will get to know the heart of God more deeper for our church. Hope that this sermon will be a blessing to you and your family. So last month we, um, we were learning on a series of how to handle God's money, God's way. And the, and the name of the series was called It's All About Money. And, and many people have been um, giving a lot of feedback of how that series, basically learning how to handle money uh, through God's word has been a huge blessing. So uh, probably next week and week after, we'll also have some testimonies on that. And many have have said that it's been a blessing and they are now much more clearer. We found the money that where it was going. A lot of money was getting lost. <laughs> we found some money together. We found how we can build God's kingdom. And the last sermon, do you remember the last sermon in that series? Let's have some quiz time this morning. Those of you here for the first time, you don't have to answer you can just see if these people are answering, yeah? Is that okay? Good, right. What is the, what is the um, last series? Don't go to the church YouTube page now, okay? <laughs> do you remember it? It's something to do with... Sushant should remember this. God's... God's dream for God's money. Basically, I was teaching of how God has a dream for his people. And his dream is basically to redeem us. We read the last chapter of the Bible, Revelation chapter 21, and, and we read from it to understand what is going to be our destiny, what is going to be the future of all the Christians. So us, when we are followers of Christ, we can never say, I don't know what my future looks like. You know what your future looks like, right? Just read Revelations. We know how we are going to go into the throne room of God, how we are going to dwell in the presence of God, and how God wants to redeem His people for Himself, and He just wants to have worship every day and night. And that's His dream, which means that He had to redeem us. So that sermon, we looked at that woman who came to the feet of Jesus. She carried this beautiful perfume, but that was her entire life savings. And that was everything that she had. And she came, and the Bible says that, that she broke it at the feet of Jesus, and she poured it on his head, and she anointed his body. And if you look at the New Testament, after that uh, anointing, what has happened is that Jesus then moves on to the Garden of Gethsemane, then he has the, the, the Last Supper, then he has the Garden of Gethsemane, then he basically goes to Calvary. So what this woman did was that she anointed his body for the crucifixion and the resurrection. So what she had done is basically she has given her everything into the mission of Jesus Christ. 
She gave everything that she had into the mission that God had set out for us. And that is why Jesus says to that woman, wherever the gospel is going to be preached, your name will also be honored. That's the greatest honor she received. And this morning, we are starting a new teaching, a new series called Mission Possible. Everybody say, yes. yes. Wow, I really feel it's possible <laughs> for hearing your yes. Everybody shout again, yes. yes. You're, all the, you're all part of the possible mission force. Do you feel like soldiers? Yes. Aware, pastor, by the time I came to church this morning, the amount of back pain I had, <laughs> I had to force myself to come today. You are calling me the force. Mission possible. And the reason that we are going through this series is simply because we need to understand the heart of God as we try to walk with God. How many of you go for walks with, if, if you're, you, you like to drive, yes? Just, just how many of you like to just go on a walk on your own? Just walking. Few people? Okay. After you're married, how many of you go for a walk with your husband and wife? Right? That's wonderful. You know, they say that the couples who walk together and literally physically, they have the best conversations apparently. And it builds uh, the marriage. Um, I'm not a walker. Um, they, they say the couples who drive together are also, yeah, I don't know, fight a lot maybe. <laughs> I, know, I know a friend who lives with this um, family, so every time they need to fight, they can't fight in front of their parents. So they both run to the car and they close the car in the car park and they turn the AC on, they put the music on and then they start fighting with each other. <laughs> wow, things they need to do these days. So when you walk, right, a lot of people say this, when you walk you have this beautiful conversation with each other. You have sort of a clear mind. You are on a move. You are on a sense of direction. And while you're in a sense of direction, you try to build conversations, try to build relationships through that. Uh, it kind of brings a strong foundation to what you're talking about. And they say that this is psychologically true. And many of us, we as Christians, we walk with God and we don't go on a physical walk, but we go on a spiritual walk with Him every day. In fact, many of us, I go on a spiritual walk with God and a physical walk. Sometimes I just walk and uh, I just talk out loud and I forget that I'm on the road, so I end up talking out loud to God and I don't know how many people have thought that I am crazy. You know, I have, I have been in car and I'm driving on my own own and I'm all of a sudden you know worshiping out loud or speaking in tongues and I'm praying and and sometimes I forget that I have stopped my car in the signal and there are cars that are parked on my other side and I'm going 
you know, and everybody's like, what is going on in this car? And, and sometimes I forget myself when I'm praying on my own or talking to Jesus on my own and I'm going for a walk or when I'm driving. And, and when these things happen, I've always felt in my heart that I need to understand the heart of God if I need to walk with God. There's Every time these conversations happen when you're walking together, when you're trying to open up to your husband and wife or to your children, most of these conversations are always around the heart of a person. And if we claim that we are walking with Jesus, we are his disciples, then we need to put some effort in understanding the heart of Jesus. Can I hear an amen? We need to understand the heart of God. Without understanding the heart of God, we cannot understand the mission of God. Without understanding the heart of God, it is impossible for us to walk with God. We can claim that we are walking with God, but we are just walking with Him so that we can just receive whatever He is giving to us, but not really understand his heart. So we are not called to be Christian consumers. We are called to be walkers with Jesus. Amen? So this is why we are starting this series called Mission Possible so that we can understand the heart of God. We can understand the mission of God. On the other hand, we are also going to understand the heart of God for King City Church. As we try to understand the heart of God, we are also going to try to understand the heart of God for this church and how you are going to become a part of that heart of what God is doing. The title of my sermon this morning is Missio Day. Can you read that out loud? Can we say that? It's a Latin word. Okay? It's a Latin word. And it's actually a theological word. It's a theological term. And basically, it's translated as the mission of God. The mission of God. Missio, mission, day in Latin is God. Missio, day. In King City Church, we have two important statements that I believe God has given to us. Number one is our vision statement. In everything that we do, we try to follow this vision. The vision statement will come on the screen. I will read it out for you. It says, we exist to reach people far from God into new life in Christ so that they can make a lasting difference in our community, city, and the world. This is why we exist as a church. This is our vision that we exist to reach people who are far from God into new life in Jesus. So as we reach people who are far from God, we are going to talk to people who are not reached, basically the unreached. We need to reach the ones who've never heard the gospel. We also need to reach to the ones who are disengaged from the church. There's a lot of people uh, in the community today a lot of young people are disengaged from what God is doing because they are all engaged with what media is offering. 
many people are disengaged to see the move of God because they are engaged with other things. So King City Church is called to engage with them so that they can also be part of what God is doing. They can also receive the transformation. They can also receive the gospel. We're also going to connect with the disconnected. When we say reach people far from God, we're also talking about the ones who are disconnected. Here in our church, we we have come across many people who have started to come back to church after a long time. They have been disconnected from church because of some of the things that happened in the past maybe, some of the wounds that they carried, um, some issues that has been going on, and and, and they just felt disconnected from God, disconnected from church, and, and God has revived so many hearts and souls to come back to Him, and our church has been key and integral in connecting them back with God. So we exist to reach people far from God. But we also have a mission statement. A mission statement. Our mission statement is this. We aim to connect with the hearts and lives of people in a way that inspires change and brings hope. This is our mission. Our mission is to connect with the hearts and lives of people. People who are far from God. We need to connect with them. We need to you know, show that God loves them. How do we do that? The only way we can do that is when we are connected with God. Many times people are not connected with God, but yet they are on mission for God. It's like saying, I work for um, Infosys or I work for TCS. But when, when they look at the payroll, when they look at the employment list, your name is not there, but you're claiming that you're working for the company, right? The company will have problem with you. And a lot of people in the name of God, they are trying to do so many things, but their life is not connected with God. Their life is not parallel with God's word. That is why here at our church, what we are aiming so hard is that, that everybody should grow in the word of God. From, from children to youth to teenagers, I am dreaming of a church that, that I can give my mic to anybody and anybody can pick up a verse and preach the gospel and give the word. Yes, yes, I'm talking about you. We all need to grow in the word of God. We all need to be strong in the word of God. We all need to be rooted in the word of God. Because it is God's word that will help us to fulfill this mission statement. Because we, it says in our statement that we will do this in a way that inspires change and brings hope into their lives. It has to inspire change. We need to be an inspiration for them to change their life to God's way. Do you feel inspired by yourself? Yes? Well, our life, if it is in alignment with God's word, other people will be inspired to see, not through, not you, not your name, but they will see God in you and they will see God through you. And when they see God in you and through you, they want to be part of that change. 
They want to be part of that transformation and they want to be part of that hope. And this is why we as Christians, we have this statement, we claim that we have hope no matter what happens. And everybody is looking for hope. Why are we so keen about this church? Why, are we, why do we care so much about this vision statement? Why do we care so much about the mission of God? Let me tell you something. Let me share my story. So when I share my story, you'll be able to understand. When I was 11 years old, I gave my life to Jesus. Just I was 11. There was a, a youth meeting and, and I gave my life to Jesus there. And when I gave my life to Jesus... Um, even though I grew up in a Christian home, in, in, in a church, I, I grew up with this mentality that the moment you give your life to Jesus, you will lose your power to sin. But that was not the truth. Even when you give your life to Jesus, you will be tempted, there will be temptations in your life, but you got to continue to work out your salvation with God. And because I did not understand that, I tried to overcome sin. I tried to overcome my iniquities, my shortcoming with my own strength. And when I tried to overcome all these things with my own strength, I kept falling back into the trap of sin. It's like, you know, mommy makes ladus for Diwali and she tells you, or cakes for Christmas and she tells you, don't touch it, I'm going out. It's for the neighbors. It's for the pastor. Don't touch it. And every moment you're sitting there, all you think about is that cake. And you just want to take one piece, just one slice. The entire humanity fell because of that one piece, just that one bite. That, that one desire, the, the, the more we try to you know, not do it, the more we think about it. And as I kept walking with God, you know, uh, to, I can't go into the details of my story because we don't have time. It's, I'll write a book one day, yeah? Uh, and, um, and, and as I saw you know, uh, various things that God is doing in different people's life and everybody growing spiritually, I was struggling in my heart thinking, why am I not able to do the same? Have you ever felt that? Has anybody else felt that or is it just me? That you see people around you, that they're all growing spiritually or moving forward with God in everything, but then you are trying your best, but you are not able to move forward. And you end up comparing yourself to them. You end up comparing to uh, see what they are doing and what you are doing. And I was stuck in this comparison game. And one day God caught me through um, a bike accident that I had. And in that bike accident, I was basically supposed to be dead, but God saved me from that. And I just prayed this prayer saying, God, I don't know why you gave this life for me because um, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it, but still you let me live. I don't know why, Lord. And I also don't know why I'm saying this, but whatever you want me to do, I will do for you. Now be careful when you pray such prayers because God is listening to our prayers. 
And when I said that, I did not understand the magnitude of it, the depth of it, you know, and, and the length of it. <laughs> I just said like, okay, what could God possibly do with me? That was my thought. I'm just a broken guy. I'm just a, a, a teenager. I was just 17 when I was praying that prayer. What could God possibly do that, you know, with that prayer? Everything shifted in my life. Everything shifted. I started seeing God in a whole different realm, in a whole different way. I started building my relationship with God one day at a time, one hour at a time, one step at a time. Even though I kept falling, God showed me that I am your father. I am not keeping count of the steps, how many times that you fell down, but I am keeping count of how many times you got back up and you started walking towards me. It changed my life. I was not perfect. I stopped, you know, I actually stopped performing Christianity and I actually started living like a Christian. I tried my best not to perform Christianity by showing that I'm a Christian, by doing my duties, but actually build a relationship with God every day. What happened is that I stopped thinking about how to give up on sin and started thinking about how I can hold on to the one who forgives me. How I can hold on to the one whose grace is sufficient for me. How I can hold on to the one who will lead me every day. And as I was trying to move towards him, sin gave upon me. Sin gave upon me. I used to be addicted to so many things and all those addictions, it gave upon me. Those sins did not have a hold on me because I was held by Jesus Christ. I was held by the presence of God. The moment I tasted and I saw that the Lord is good, I just couldn't keep quiet. I just couldn't keep my mouth shut. I had to keep keep talking about that Jesus. I had to keep talking about what God has done. I had to keep talking to the one who saved me. And then he took me, uh, uh, you know, I gave my life into ministry and, and I went through a whole process of eight to nine years getting trained in ministry before we planted this church here in King City Church. And we are going to be almost five years in ministry now in this church. And, and God has established each and every single step in my life. And I can boldly tell you this morning, if it is not for God, I'm a dead man. I'd say this to my parents. My parents know this. If it's not for God, I will be under a graveyard and, and people will be laying flowers on me. I will definitely be a dead man. It is God who rescued me. And one thing I realized is that if I am rescued, then I know the answer. And if I know the answer, then I should not pretend that I am hopeless. I should not pretend that I don't have the answer. There are so many people out there just like me who are lost and who are searching. I am not the answer for them, but I can show them to a person who can become the answer for them. That is 
the heart of God. You see, like I shared my story, God has his story. And God's story is John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but they will have eternal life. What is the mission of God? Mission of God is rooted in who God is. Many of us, we think that the mission is a project that we do. Every time we talk about missions in church, we think that, oh, missions, okay, I'll give some money, done. Oh, missions, okay, I'll, I'll give some, some donation to an outreach. I'll go for one outreach this year. I'll do this, I'll do that. We think about the doing part. We think about, you know, we see the mission like a project that needs to be done. Then again, next Christmas, another project. Then in Easter, another project. In Africa, there's another project. In Trinidad Valley, there's another project. In, in, in Punjab, there is another project. Somewhere, you just want to support some project and you think and believe that it is missions. But let me tell you something. The mission of God is rooted in who God is. And I can say that to you confidently because it is the attribute of God. The word Missio Dei means mission of God. In other words, sent by God. When the apostles, when they went out, they say, we are missionaries. Who are the missionaries? Why do they say themselves that they are missionaries? They are called missionaries because they are sent by God. Our God by nature is a sender. He sent his only son for you and I. Paul beautifully writes, while we were yet sinners, Christ came for us. He came for us. He didn't wait for you to fix your mess. This is why I don't understand that when I talk to some people, uh, why are you not coming to church? Pastor, my life is messed up. Oh good, then you need to be in church. Let me fix some things, pastor, and then I will come to church. No. You don't take paracetamols before you visit the doctor. You don't get yourself fixed before you go to the hospital. We think that church is filled with perfect people. It's not. It's for the broken. It's like a hospital. It's for the needy. It's for the poor. It's for the sick. That is the heart of God. So what did God do? That he sent his son for us. Then we should understand that the attribute of God is the mission of God. Mission of God and the nature of God is one and the same. The image of God and the mission of God is one and the same. It's not two different things. It's when you accept Jesus, you are understanding and receiving the heart of God and the mission. There doesn't need to be a separation between living for Jesus personally and living for Jesus in a mission field. It's one and the same. Are you with me, church? It's the same. If this is the character of God, then what is the character of the church? That's my question. If the attribute of God and He is the sending God, 
And he's a God who sends his only son so that he can pick up anybody who is lost and give them hope. Then that needs to be the character of the church as well. We need to be a sending church. We need to be an empowering church. We need to be a church that dreams God's dream and what God is doing. This is why we can't be quiet. This is why we can't be silent. I spoke about this in dawn prayer. Uh, Luke chapter 10 verse 1 and 2. It says, The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all towns and places he planned to visit. These were in his instructions to them. He said, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. And since that moment until now, that statement remains the same. It has been the truth. Whenever we talk about missions, the harvest is great. The workers are few. And we are still mourning about it. We are still complaining about it. So Jesus is teaching, so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. It's exciting to be in the mission of God. You know why? Because he is in charge of the result. He's in charge of the result. How many of you have been in sales? Anybody worked in sales? Or one person, two, three? Anybody who has done sales? No? There's only a few people. You should try it. Yeah? It's not easy. You got to go out, you got to step out, you got to convince somebody that this product is the best product that you could ever have. How many of you have hated salespeople? Maybe that's a question that I need to ask, huh? How many of you have shut the door to this guy who carries this five encyclopedias and dictionaries to your house and stands in front of your door knocking every day, can you please, ma'am, buy these five books? How many of you have like, oh, <clears throat> anybody? Yeah, truth being said in the house of the Lord. <laughs> Amen. That's the truth, right? We don't, like, we don't like it because they're like constantly telling and claiming that something is the truth. And here is Jesus recruiting people. The, the interesting thing is that we are not selling anything. We are not selling anything. But what we are doing is that we are offering truth to people, a truth that transforms their life, and we're doing it for free. Because our boss is also not keeping the reports of our sales. He's not keeping how many, how many say, you know, sales you have done today. Because the Bible says that he is in charge of the result. He's the one who's in charge of the harvest, not us. We are just the workers. What we need to do is just step out and be faithful and speak about the goodness of our Lord. That's why we come here on Sundays, that we proclaim the truth. Coming together as a church, we are proclaiming the truth of who Jesus is. Sundays we come together, we claim that Jesus is name above every name. We come together to worship. We come together for fellowship. That's why we testify. We give time for people to testify. And every time you testify, you are proclaiming that everything that you have received in your life is not from your own effort, is not from your hard work, is simply by the grace of God. So that's why we come here and we say, Lord, I give you thanks. 
I give you thanks for the new job. I give you thanks for the new provision. I give you thanks for many things that you have done in my life. Every Sunday when we start our service, we say, why don't you, why don't you invite somebody, send the online, you know, church online link to somebody so that they can also come and be part of the service online if they're not able to come physically. Sometimes we tell you to invite someone to church. Why do we keep telling you to invite people to church? Inviting them equals to them meeting with God. That's a way of you being a worker for the harvest of God. It is an evangelistic move. It is not a move to fill seats here. God decides when and how to fill the seats. But us, we need to be evangelistic in how we do things. And that is why we keep saying, invite somebody to church. Because someone is just one sermon away from giving their life to Jesus. Maybe someone is just one song away for them to turn their life to Jesus. Maybe someone is just one testimony away. They might listen to your testimony and hear what God has done and they want the same for their life so they give their life to Jesus too. That's why we are evangelistic about it. Acts of the Apostles chapter 4 verse 19 to 21 Peter and John are in front of this council and they are asking Peter and John to be quiet and not talk about Jesus. And he's trying, they're trying very hard to shut the mouth of Peter and John. And this is what Peter and John are replying. They're saying, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. The council then threatened them further. You know, threatening did not happen in Indian politics, by the way. Against the church. It happened from the moment Jesus went on the cross and rose again on the third day. Persecution existed from that time. Today is the international day of prayer for the persecuted churches. And we prayed for the top 10 persecuted nations this morning. And in those nations, as much as persecution is hard... The gospel is also growing rapidly like a fire. It's like a f the more they beat it, the more it explodes. The more they try to stop, the faster the gospel goes. That's how the apostles planted the churches, spread the gospel all across Asia and, and different parts of the world because they were persecuted. And every time they escaped from one place to another place, you know, that persecution moved them and pushed them to another town. They planted a church there as well. Then they moved, they were pushed, they were persecuted. Get out of here. Okay. And they go to another place, they plant a church there as well. Persecution helped the gospel. So this is, what, this is what Peter and John is saying. When the council then threatened them further, but they finally let them go. Because they did not know how to punish them without starting a riot. For everyone was praising God. 
they're in a council and I can imagine it's just probably a big auditorium in front of a lot of people and everybody surrounding Peter and John are probably have all received the goodness and the healing and the, they've seen the mighty move of God. And the council is trying to threaten them. And every time the council is threatening them, all the people there probably started singing and praising God. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. The council is like, what's going on? We are trying to have a meeting here. Stop singing. And the council is threatening Peter and John. Again, the people are like, I praise a hallelujah. They couldn't stop praising. So finally, the council, they didn't know what to do. They just let them go. They just let them go. Don't stop praising him. Don't stop worshipping him. Don't stop confessing the truth about Jesus in public because we are persecuted. In fact, do it more. Do it more. It, this is not the time to stop. This is not the time to be quiet. One side, we are called to, you know, proclaim the gospel. But I'll take you another side. The other side is, we are also called to demonstrate the gospel. Jesus did both. Jesus not only proclaimed the gospel, but he also demonstrated the gospel. That's why he had a mission statement and he read that mission statement from Isaiah 61 verse 1. He said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim the captives and they will be released and prisoners will be freed. That was the mission statement of Jesus. He not only proclaimed about God, God, he kept saying the kingdom of heaven is coming get ready that's a proclamation but also the other side he demonstrated the gospel he demonstrated the good news by saying your sins are forgiven you are healed you're set free today salvation has come to your house he demonstrated it and as a church, this is what we are to do. We not only proclaim the gospel, but we will also demonstrate the gospel. Pastor, how do I demonstrate the gospel? Next week, we will talk more about the demonstration of the gospel. How, when you pray, how you can operate in the gifts that God has given. When you pray, people will turn their hearts to Jesus. When you speak the gospel, they will. Healings will happen. Miracles will happen. When you live a life according to God's word, that in itself will bring a change in so many people's life and that we will bring a difference. So we are called to demonstrate the gospel. That is why we have small groups in our church, life groups that happens during the week. We go to different houses and we meet and we learn God's word together. We pray together. We fellowship together. It's a demonstration of God's love for one another. At the same time, we are saying love your neighbor as you love yourself. That we are to show him who God is. I came across a very powerful video and I'm going to finish my sermon with this video. And this video is basically... It's a demonstration of the gospel 
among a community of people in Mizoram in northeast of India. They couldn't be silent. They understood the heart of God. They understood the mission of God. And they wanted to do something. As I announced last week, um, the next four Sundays, as we are learning about missions, we are also going to take special missions offering. And next Sunday, and the Sunday after, that is the third Sunday, we are going to announce some important, very important things that God is going to do or has called us to do in the mission field through this church. It's very exciting. God is honestly opening doors for our church that we never thought that we could open, but God is opening those doors. So next Sunday, we will be announcing about it. Also on third Sunday, we have Reverend Richard Samuel from Madurai who will be talking on missions. And also on the third Sunday, we'll be giving more announcements. And we will collect the mission offering on the third Sunday and on the fourth Sunday. But before we talk about that, I want you to watch this video because these people have done something to demonstrate the gospel. Let's take a look at this. There are many ways of serving the Lord. Some people do great things. Some people are good preachers. Some people contribute lots and lots of money. But when we talk about this handful of rice, it is very humble. The service is done in the corner of the kitchen that nobody sees. But God knows. God bless. Every day, simple women in the state of Mizoram in Northeast India are spearheading a revolution that is sweeping the world of missions. Their movement, Bufai Thang, or a handful of rice. Bufai Thang is a practice where each Mizo family puts aside a handful of rice every time they cook a meal and later gather it and offer to the church. The church in turn sells the rice and generates income to support its work. Rice has been the staple food of the people of Mizoram, the main life of the people. You are giving what is basic, essential, fundamental to your life. You are sharing that with God. The Handful of Rice Ministry started in Mizoram in 1910. That time, many people did not know the gospel. So the church thought that we need Bible women to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible women, they are locally supported women for evangelism. The practice of Bufaitam is meant for supporting those Bible women. This concept of Bufaitam became so popular throughout Mizoram over the years that giving was not limited to some individuals. The whole of Mizoram, rich or poor, young or old, 
everybody contributed to it. It is something which my mother has taught all of us right from when we were very young. And I feel like Bufai Cham is a piece of Christian service that anyone can do it. Today, 85% of 900,000 Mizos are Christians. A strong and vibrant church has emerged. People started to give more and in creative ways. Rice, vegetables, firewood and other produce. And also cash besides their regular tithes to the church. The churches in Mizoram are now self-sufficient. One such example is the Mizoram Presbyterian Church. The largest church in Mizoram with about 500,000 members. This year, they are celebrating 100 years of the handful of rice ministry. In 1914, Damani received from the sale of handful of rice was rupees 80, uh, that is uh, one and a half US dollar. In the year 2009 and 2010, we raised money, one and a half million US dollars from handful of rice offering. We don't receive any outside funding. All the money we have, we receive, is raised within ourselves. At the close of this last physical year, we received altogether around 13 million US dollars. Out of that, 12% of our total income is from the handful of rice collection. Today, the Mizoram Church is known as a missionary church world over. This success is attributed to their selfless and creative giving. Mizoram state is the most backward state in India and we are the poorest of the, of the poor. But still, we can raise funds for the ministry of the Lord. We can support 1,800 mission workers. And in the meantime, we can also send overseas missionaries. There have been times when some churches have thought that we need to get blessings from God. And the attitude has, to, has been, what can we get when we become part of the church? But here, the handful of rice offering inspires us that God has called us to share what we have with God for God's ministry. We Mizo people say as long as we have something to eat every day, we have something to give to God 
every day. This is a church here in India, in Mizoram, raising $13 million every year through faithful, handful giving because they understood the heart and the mission of God. And I, this is not just about giving. I don't want you to misunderstand this because giving is one side. But giving is actually, uh, uh, it's, it's a byproduct. The actual thing that we need to carry is a missional faith in our hearts. When we build such faith in our lives, we will not fear for anything for our own lives. This church in Mizoram is supporting more than 250 missionaries overseas. When I say overseas, they are living in other countries. They have bought a house. They have started um, businesses for the sake of gospel. So they will have a small northeastern restaurant, right? And under the restaurant, there's a basement where all the workers will come together for prayer. And those workers will then invite more people to join prayer. So business will happen at the end of the evening. They have prayer service every day. What is in the basement is the main thing that they went for. What is out there on the top is just a display of what God is doing underneath. And guess what? They don't get money from anywhere for their salaries or anything. It all goes from Mizoram. Whether they live, there are some missionaries who live in Germany from that church who are doing missions in Germany and they don't take German money. They're getting paid with Indian currency. And it all goes from Mizoram. The reason I keep insisting this is that the heart that we carry. Again, 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 I'm saying it's not about the money at all. Because God's mission doesn't not needs to survive with my money. That makes God a limited God. Our God is not a limited God. God's mission will survive with God's people. And when as people, when we are committed to the heart of God, when we are committed to the mission of God, when we understand the character of God, when we see and experience what God can do when we are faithful. It's going to impact nations. King City Church might be placed in Trichy this year. But I promise you something. And I promise you this in the presence of God. The reason that I am promising is not because it's from me. It is a promise of God that we have received. I have received this promise for our church and for your life. And for my life. And in coming weeks, I'm going to share and unpack a lot more about this. 
But I promise you one thing, that 2021 will be the last year for King City Church to be only in Trichy. If you understand it, you will praise God. This year will be the only year that our church will be, you know, the last year that our church will be only in Trichy. From next year, don't worry, ch church will be in Trichy. But there will be more churches that is going to be planted through our church. God is opening doors to other states and within our state. And God is opening doors for many things. God is raising leaders and missionaries from this house. And they, and I'm telling you this, in the presence of God, not even one day they are going to stand and think, Lord, what are we going to do? What are we, how are we going to eat? How are we going to sleep? How are we going to provide? No, the Lord is going to provide. This house is going to take care of the needs of the missionary, not according to the riches and glory of, of KCC, but according to his riches and glories. So we are a sending church. We are a missional church. We are going to be sent by God. So from third week, third Sunday and fourth Sunday, we are collecting, we are receiving build a house offering, which is a special missions offering. Something that we give beyond our regular giving. And as you have received God's word this morning, you see these red envelopes here. This is a special envelope handmade envelope this is not bought from anywhere okay you will never find a red envelope as beautiful as this in Trichy. somebody here made this it was handmade and um, this envelope I want you to take it with you today only if you want to be part of the heart of God and the mission of God Nobody is forced here to do this. If you truly want to be part of what God is doing out there in our nation, and if you care about it, if you have a burden, don't look at your wallet or look at your bank balance about this. Look at your own heart. That's God will make a way. All right? God will make a way for all of us. But I want you to come if God moves in your heart to come and pick up this envelope, this red envelope. Take it with you this week. And I just want you to pray. Pray that God should tell you what to give and how much to give. Last year, many people did pledges. They said, like, we can't just give right away, Pastor. Can we pledge to give little by little over the, over the entire year or over two years? And many people are continuing to fulfill their pledge. So if you want to pledge, you can pledge. We will give you the pledge form next week. If you want to write a check, you can put it there. If you feel that God is calling you into missions and if you want to develop yourselves and go into missions, whether being part-time or full-time, then write a letter and put it in here. Like I said, this is not just about money. This is about mission of God. Put that in this envelope. 
If God is speaking to you to give a certain amount, you can put it, last year it was interesting, um, we found some gold in envelopes. Yeah. We've, somebody's like, ooh, ah, last year some of my chain was missing. That's where it came, huh? I will not say who. In fact, I don't know who. We found so many interesting ways that people actually wanted to give. There was, there was a, a, um, a lady that I met who wanted to give her house. She actually said, once I'm gone, I want you to take the house for the church. Do whatever with it, but I want to give it for missions. Don't sit there, oh, pastor got house and all now for the church. It's for missions. When you are moved by the heart of God and want to be part of it, you can give it in creative ways. So I'm going to pray. We're going to sing a song. And let's all stand together, shall we? Those who are watching us online, you might not be able to reach out of the screen and grab this. But if you can just type it in the chat that I say yes. Or you can say, I need a red envelope. We will send it to you. Hope that this sermon is a blessing to you and your family. If you would like to support our ministry, please log on to kingcitychurch.org forward slash give. Hope to see you next week with a new inspiring sermon.